Thank you for joining us. Our goal at Church of the Rock is to help you know God, live free, and find purpose. To learn more about us, please check out our website at churchoftherock.ca or stay connected with our free app available for Apple and Android devices. Let me uh, describe a picture for you that you've all seen. And I want you to just, in in your mind, imagine uh, a young child, whether you're at a grocery store or somewhere, and the child asks the parents, can I have this? And the parent's response is something to the effect of, yeah, as soon as we get home, I can give it to you. Or, yeah, just give me 15 minutes and, and I'll get it for you. The answer is yes, but it's just not instantly. And, and we know what happens. The child loses it, right? We've all seen this. How many of you have seen that picture? You've seen the child. They lose it. You know what's crazy to think is that at one point in time, you were that child, right? You, you imagine that? You were that child that couldn't wait 15 minutes. And of course, that's, that's because in their reality at the moment, they can't think past that. They can only focus on this little bit of a reality that's in their world, and, and they, need a, they need a bit of a reality check. Now, let me tell you a story about, about my daughter, and uh, I told her that I was going to be using her as an illustration uh, this week, and she said, well, you have to ask for my permission, and I explained, that's not how this works. I'm just telling you that I'm using you as an illustration, and... Um, and so when she was 17, she was graduating high school. She graduated a bit younger than most people because her birthday's in December. And she had this plan for her life that honestly I didn't love. And the more I thought about it, it was, it was a bit premature. She wasn't uh, ready to step into some of those things. And, and part of her, her rationale, not all of it, but part of it was just because she was done with school. And she's just kind of like, I've done 12 years, I'm done school, I'm not going back. And I, and I was telling her that, you know, when you start, you take a year, it goes by quick, and you know, it's not so bad. You'll just, you take a few more and then you'll be done. And she was like, no, and she had this career path that I thought was, was a bit on the sketchy side and not going to work out. And so I tried to influence her and let her know that I didn't think it was a great plan, but it just wasn't working. She was, she's a pretty determined person and she was pretty determined to go on the path. And so finally I just pulled the rug out and I said, well, let me just be really clear. I am not supporting you in that and that's not happening. And it wasn't my finest parenting moment because I just didn't know what else to do. And I, and I just sort of, uh, I kind of reacted and it actually created a bit of a wedge that, that we have since long sorted out and, and we're, we're great now. And, and, and I just didn't know what else to do because it, it was a bad plan. But so then, of course, she ended up going into school and, and went to the U of M, just graduated four years. Turns out I was right. It wasn't so bad. Not that that matters. Uh, and, uh, and, and I have as a bad parenting, just bad parenting technique also to let your kids know that you were right. I did that as well. And um, <laughs> I don't know when I'm going to learn, but what, what are you going to do? And, and so... And here she is now figuring out, she's graduated university, and she has to figure out the next phase for her life. And, and she has a career path, path that she has planned, but it's going to take three more years of school. And what was interesting to me as I watched her on this journey is she was figuring this thing out, and, she's, and she came and let me know that she was going to do this, and, and it was going to be three more years of school. And I had this flashback for a moment of where she was four years earlier, and she couldn't do one year of school, let alone three more. And, and what has happened, obviously, is she's grown up. She has matured. And she has kind of realized that, you know, who wants to go for multiple years of school? Of course, that's not what we want to do. But sometimes you have to make choices to do things 
for, for what's better because we look at the bigger reality and we recognize that this is going to be good for us. And, and so it's a maturing thing and, and she was, she's growing up and she's uh, maturing and, and we all, we all do that in life. We all, none of us are, hopefully, none, there's no adults here that can't last 15 minutes when we want what we want and we can't get it. And we have matured and we have allowed time to pass and be willing to do those things. But the, the, the challenge is that I think in, sometimes in our Christian faith, uh, we sometimes are more at that child level in, in some of our maturity than we are at the adult level. And I want to read you this passage that I was reading in, in my devotions a few weeks ago. And it just really stood out to me. It's in, in Psalm 39, verses 4 to 7. And it says this. It says, Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. You have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you. At best, each of us is but a breath. We are merely moving shadows, and all of our busy rushing ends in nothing. We heap up wealth, not knowing who will spend it. And so, Lord, where do I put my hope? My only hope is in you." Now, if we're honest with ourselves, sometimes, many times, we are not mature in this, in this area. We, we focus on the things that are temporary and not eternal, and we forget about how there, that there's an eternity and that our life on this earth is, is short, it's fleeting, it's, it's but a breath, it's a moment. But yet, it's where we put most of our energy. It's where we put most of our focus. It's, it's, it's what we, we get stuck on time and time again. And, and usually when I hear a message like this or on this, or if I've been thinking about th- this topic, then what happens for me is I get pretty down on myself because I'm, I'm, hot, I'm a flawed human just like the rest of us. And, and I recognize that I have all these areas in my life where I'm focusing on my needs and my wants and my desires. And I'm, and I'm sometimes ignoring the eternal things and the things that matter in the end. And, and, and I get there. And so then I, I get in this mindset where I think, okay, I'm just doing everything. I'm, I'm ignore, my life doesn't matter, and, it does, and I'm going to ignore it, and I'm just going to focus on this. But the problem is, is that's, that's out of balance as well, because that's not proper as well. We, biblically speaking, this life actually does matter. And, and it's not, a, it's not a, a question of whether we should be choosing to focus on this life or eternity. It's actually a, how do we find balance? How do we, we look at both? And, and the Bible is full of instruction related to temporal things. And I'm just going to give you a few examples in Ephesians. 6, 2 to 3, it says, Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you, and you will have a long life on earth. Now, why would that, why would that matter if, if this life didn't really matter? If it was all about eternity, then why would there be a promise that we would have long life on this earth unless there was something about this earth that is, is a good thing? Or Luke 6, verse 38, it says, Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in, in, full, in, in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over, pouring into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Now, when I read this passage, it seems like it's, it's, it's a, a promise. It's a blessing. It's saying, hey, if you do this, then you're going to get something back. And you're gonna, in, in the amount we give, the measure we use to give, will be the measure that we use to get back. And that would seem like a positive thing. And, but yet, why would that matter unless there were some things about this life that were actually important? And it was okay for this life to go well. One last verse I want to look at is Psalm 128, verses 1 to 4. It says, How joyful are those who fear the Lord! 
and follow his ways. You will enjoy the fruit of your labor. How joyful and prosperous you will be. Your wife will be like a fruitful grapevine flourishing within your home. Your children will be like vigorous young olive trees as they sit around your table. That's the Lord's blessing for those who fear him. Now, I don't actually know if I want my kids to be like young olive trees. I don't know what that would look like. Uh, But I do understand that this is talking about things will go well. If I have a proper fear of the Lord, if I have a proper understanding of who he is, then things will go well in this life. And that's a good thing. And that's a, a, a promise. And so the goal is not to forsake this life. It's actually not the goal. And just to focus on eternity is actually to have a balance between the two. And, but the reality is, of course, that, that none of us are balanced. And the majority of us in this room, we, we will probably all tilt one way where we, we focus more on our life and our situation, the things that we're going through, and very little on eternity. And that's where the majority of us will, will probably land. But there are always people that are actually out of balance the other way as well. It's possible to be out of balance the other way where you focus everything about eternity and you kind of ignore this life. When I was in Bible college, we used to refer to those people as being too heavenly minded to be any earthly good. That's what we referred to them as. And, and you're, there are these people that uh, are out of balance too. And, and, and they need to address this as, just, as much as we do. We actually have to have some balance between, between these, these two things. And, and so if you're, if you're focused, if you're more on that other side where you focus all on the eternity, then, then you usually neglect things. Like, like your job and, and, and being a good, a good neighbor and all these kinds of things and, and taking care of your body and being a good steward and all those things. Those are things that you ignore. You just focus on the eternity side of things. But the majority of us, we're, we're on the other side. And we focus on all of our energy on those things, on our job and our life and our home and, our, and these things that are for us and, and for our benefit. And, and we ignore some of the other things like spending time in, in prayer and reading our Bible and, and giving and serving in the kingdom and all these different things that, are, that have an eternal value. We, we don't actually spend as much energy on, on those things. And, and I, want to, I want you just to imagine, there's a scale that's going to come up here on the screen. And I want you to imagine, this is, we don't use scales like this anymore, but the way they work, of course, is if you put equal weight on both sides, then, it, then it's balanced. And that's how you know that things are, are, are weighed properly. And, and, and when they're not, it's like this. And one side way outweighs the other side. And I want you to imagine for a moment your life. And this scale is, is your life. And, and one side represents the amount of energy that you spend on things that are temporal, things that are for this life, things that are about just about you and, and your personal gain and things like that. And on the other side, we put all the things and the energy that you spend on things that are eternal and things that matter and that will outlast you. And even after, even after you die on this earth and you, you're in eternity, they still go with you because of the things that you have done. And I want you to imagine your life for a moment. And, and I think the reality is that you're going to discover that each and every one of us are out of balance. And each and every one of us way too, way too strong on one side or, or the other. Because I personally don't believe it's possible to be balanced. I don't, we're not perfect. We're always flawed. We're flawed human beings. We are never going to make it perfectly balanced. But we can get closer to balance. And we can recognize that we are way too heavy on one side and not enough on the other and, and draw ourselves close, closer and closer. And the question I want you to think about is when your life, if, you, if that scale, and you imagine that scale for your life, where are you sorely lacking? And what areas do you need to work on? 
And so what I'm going to do for the rest of our our time together today is I'm going to talk about how we can get closer to having balance in in our lives. And and like I said, the reality is that none of us will ever find perfect balance because we will always be out of balance a little bit one way or the other, but we can get closer. And this is going to be a bit of a two-for-one message because... This isn't the only area, I hate to break it to you, this isn't the only area you're out of balance in. Uh, you're out of balance in lots of areas in your life. We all are, and so am I. And, and these, these things I'm going to give you, these three tools that I'm going to give you are actually the same tools you can use to get in balance in other areas as well. And so here are the three things that we can do to try to find balance in our lives and, and to, to have this reality. Do the opposite. We can overextend and we can recruit some help. So let me talk about doing the opposite first. And this is sort of a a crazy counterintuitive concept of when you're trying to change something in your life. And, and the way you change it is to actually do the opposite thing. And let me let me give you an example. Let's let's say for a moment that you are a materialistic person and you recognize that, man, I just like stuff way too much and I focus a lot on my money and, and what I can have and, and I'm just too materialistic. And then what the opposite would be is to actually give stuff away and to give money away. And when you make a choice, if you say, okay, I have a tendency to be here and I want to find some balance, I'm going to choose to do the opposite. I'm going to give away. It actually counterbalances and it actually helps to correct a little bit of, of who we are. And, and we start to, it's, it takes the power away from whatever that thing is that we are, that we're trying to, to make a change in life. Or, or maybe, maybe you're someone who has a, a problem where you, you talk too much. And you, you consume all the oxygen in the room. Now, wives, do not look at your husbands or point to them or anything like that. And they can figure this out on their own. And, uh, and you know, here we are in this place where we, we are recognizing that we spend, we, we talk too much and we don't do enough listening. Well, then you, you do the opposite. And you make a choice to say, okay, I'm going to actually choose to spend more time listening. I'm going to do a, make a conscious effort to listen instead of talk so I can try to bring some balance to the fact that I'm out of balance. In this life, and so I want to tell you about a, about something that I've been trying to do the opposite in my life uh, this summer in particular, and to find some balance in an area of my life that I have been uh, extremely out of balance in for pretty much my whole life is my my work rest ratio. And, and I just have this, I've always had a tendency to be out of balance in this area. Uh, and the last few years have been, have been pretty extreme. And I, I just keep taking on more and more projects. I set lofty goals for myself. And I, and I can be pretty hard on myself when I feel like I don't perform at my peak performance. And, and so these last few years, what I've done is I've just kept adding and adding and adding uh, uh, projects and, and responsibilities. And, and what I needed to do last summer was to... to take some time to rest and to recuperate. But that's not what I did because that's not my tendency. It's not my nature. And what I did is I bought a fixer-upper cabin that needed a lot of work, and I spent my whole summer working on the cabin. And at the end of the summer... I tried to calculate how much time I spent resting and how much time I spent just relaxing and enjoying the very thing that we had purchased, and I realized it was zero. I didn't spend a single day uh, just resting there. I went from project to project to project, and 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 that's a bit of my nature and what I, what I do. And so then, of course, I jumped right back into a, a you know an overloaded schedule and 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 worked really hard all year. And so this summer, I determined, okay, I am I am out of balance, and I need to find some balance in my life. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna look at this differently. 
And, and I took the list of projects that I had, and, that I, and I, had the, I have this big list of projects that I, I need to get done and want to get done there because there's a lot of work to do. And I cut it, I took two-thirds of it and I dropped it off. And I just kept, okay, this is all I'm going to work on this summer. I'm just, just picking these things and I'm not allowing myself to pick up any of these other ones. And then the other thing that I have a tendency to do is I like to add artificial deadlines to things and, and say, okay, this is going to take me three days. And, and so then when it starts to take longer, I, I get more agitated and stressed and, and all these things. And, and so I just chose, okay, I am not going to add any artificial deadlines. It doesn't matter when I get them done. I have all summer and I'm going to just, and so I worked at it and I, I tried my best. And, and of course the challenging thing for me, because of my, out of, my extreme out of balance-ness, is that when I see other people resting, or when I take some time rather to rest and, and relax, and I see other people working, I start to feel lazy, and I feel like I shouldn't be doing this. I need to get up, and I need to keep doing stuff, and I have tasks to get done, and, and I, it, it's super hard for me, but I just chose to do it, and I chose to do the opposite for this summer. And, uh, and you know what, I would say that I wasn't perfect, um, but I'm a work in progress, but when, when I was done, honestly, I actually felt like I got a fair amount of rest, and I, and I sort of feel like I'm ready to take on the world again and, and try to find some balance in this, in this next season. And so when it comes to the reality check of trying to find balance in the eternal versus the temporal, then there are things that we can do that are the opposite of, of what we normally do that will help us to find balance. And so for those who have a tendency to be too focused on the eternal, and, and you know, you, it's great, you spend all your time praying and fasting and reading your Bible, that's, that's good, those are good things. Uh, then you can actually do some of the opposite and focus on, on, a, on a job or being a good steward or, or other things. There are some practical things that biblically speaking are things that we're supposed to look at. But for most of us, we tilt the other way, and that scale is the other way for us, and, and we spend most of our energy on temporal things. And so for us, doing the opposite is going to mean things like giving tithes and offerings and choosing to go, hey, I want to invest in the kingdom and not so much in, in myself. That's, that's an eternal thing. Or serving those in need, because that's going to last into eternity. When we serve those people in need, that's an eternal investment instead of just a temporal investment. Of course, there's prayer and Bible reading and being in church and, and serving in church. And the list, there's a huge list of all kinds of things that we can do that actually have eternal benefit, not just temporal benefit. And we need to try to find some, some balance. Now, I'm not going to claim that I know exactly where the amount of this and this, uh, the amount of energy we spend here has to equal this amount, and that's how we find balance. I don't know where perfect balance is. And, and I don't think any of us will ever figure that out, but we can get closer. We know where we're out of balance. And what perfect balance looks like, I actually, I have no idea. But I know that I'm out of balance and I need to get closer and closer to it. Now, speaking of balancing the scale this summer, I was, I was in the bathroom on, the, on, on our bathroom scale and, and I was sitting on the bathroom scale, sucking in my tummy like this. And, and as I was on the scale and my wife walked past, she started laughing at me. She said, you know, that doesn't make a difference when you do that on the scale, eh? And I said, it absolutely does. I can see the numbers better this way. <laughs> So the first thing we can do to have a reality check and try to find balance is by doing the opposite. The second way is to overextend. And sometimes when you're having a really hard time 
trying to find some balance in your, or, or maybe you're already in a really extreme place and you want to sort of supercharge this and, and work a little faster, then what you can do is it's like an extreme version of doing the opposite. And, and you just take and you overextend, you do even more. And I, I think that you look at church history and you see this over and over again in church history where you see the church is, has one extreme and then they go over to the other extreme which to try to counterbalance that and they end up landing in the middle a little bit and, and find this, this balance which is, is a good thing and God has used it in church history over and over again. In, in my lifetime uh, when I grew up in church you know, church was was fairly legalistic, and there were all these rules of what we were allowed to do. We weren't allowed to use playing cards, and and we were because they were of the devil, and we weren't allowed to go to movie theaters. They were of the devil, and and there was all these rules about things that weren't necessary. They were they were based on some good principles, but not based on scripture. And so then, what happened, of course, is that a culture reacted to that and went to the other extreme. And then we saw this really heavy focus on grace and how there was a lot of grace for everything and it didn't matter if you made mistakes or you sinned or not because God's got grace and he's going to cover all that and, and, and which also is, is a good thing, right? God has grace for us and we make mistakes. But I think what we've seen is the church kind of come back and bounce a little bit and he used those two extremes to help us find a balance between the fact that yes, there are things that are, sin is sin and we, we can't be doing that and we have to be careful that but we, we can't sit there and put a a whole bunch of rules around everything to try to to make us miles away from sin. But when we do mess up, God has grace for us and God will forgive us and, and that's okay too, but that's not an excuse to keep on sinning. It's an excuse, it's, it's where we need to go, okay God, because of your grace, I choose to not allow that. And I think we've seen the, these extremes and God has used that. And so I think God's actually okay for a season for us to have an extreme because he uses it to bring us in balance. Let me tell you about a project that I ended up working on this summer. One of the few projects that I did end up doing is I had, a, I had this floating dock section, metal floating dock sections at our cabin that came with the cabin. They were old and rusty and, and I'm super cheap. I didn't want to spend any money so I was going to try to, to reuse them. And, and so then I built these new panels for, for these floating dock sections and I put the floating dock in the water and I brought the panels on and when I put them on top they didn't fit and I, I was a bit perplexed I measured them I double checked everything measured right but here was the problem I made the panel square but the old rusty uh, floating dock sections were way out of square and they were like this so much so that I couldn't even put the panels on I couldn't attach them because I couldn't get all four corners on it and I was, I was you know, a little anxious about that and trying to figure out how I'm going to deal with this and so I would do some things to pull it square and try to pull the corners in but as soon as I let go it popped back again and, and I could not get these things to go in square and so finally I figured out what I needed to do and I, put, I had put, attached a come along to it and I cranked it so that I not only brought it to square, I overextended it. And I brought it so it was way overextended. And then when I would let it go, it would come back closer to square. And so then I would do it again, and I'd overextend it, and it'd come back, and each time it came a little closer, and eventually I got it not perfect, but it was close enough that the panels would fit. And, and I, used, I overextended it to, to get it back into square. And I, and I think that sometimes this is what we need to do in our lives. And we need to make a choice to go, okay, I need to do something kind of extreme because of how out of balance that I am. And so it's a seasonal thing. I don't think you stay there forever. But you might, for a season, choose 
courage to go, okay, I'm going to do this. So let me give you an example to how you might apply this to your life. If, if you are a person that tends to be very judgmental, and you, every time you see people, you have this judgment, and you instantly kind of peg them as how you think they are, and, and all this kind of, and you recognize this is a problem, and, and I, I really need to stop being so judgmental, then what you might choose to do is take a season and just choose, I'm going to have grace for everybody, even if, even if I don't, they don't deserve it, or I even know that I'm right about this. I'm just going to choose to assume the best the best about people. I'm going to choose to have grace for them. And we do that for a season to try to counterbalance, to overreact, to overchange this thing that's stuck in our lives. And so in this whole reality check of, uh, of eternal versus temporal, it might mean that for a season, you have a, a, a heavy focus on some things that are eternal. And you might make a choice to go, man, I have been, I have been so selfish for so long, and I need to get this thing out. I need to get my head around this. And so for a season... I'm going to choose to overextend in things that matter for the kingdom. And I'm going to choose to overextend and get more involved or serve more or give more or do, do these different things. And it's not, going to be, it's not going to be forever, but it'll be a first season because you're trying to overextend. And now for me, when I've done this, um, you know, in my life, it's actually always happened accidental. And because I'm an extreme person by nature. It's just who I am. And what happens is I, I realize that I have become extreme on another way. And then I have to allow myself to bring balance back. And, and it's just been my tendency. And usually it's after a while that I figure out that I've been a bit extreme on something that I have to, I have to scale it back. But I actually think that God is okay with this. Because he uses it to help bring us back into balance. So the first way we can have a reality check and to try to find balance is by doing the opposite. The second is to overextend. And the last way is to recruit some help. And this part is, is super simple. It, because it, 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 but it can also be the most frustrating part, to be honest with you. And all it means is you tell some people that are close to you what you're trying to find balance in your life. And you just, you tell them, and usually, unfortunately, the people that are close to you already know, and you walk up, you talk to your spouse or to a family, a, you know, a brother or a sister or a close friend, and you say, hey, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with this thing, I'm out of balance in this area of my life, and, and, I, and I need your help to get in balance. And, and of course, usually they go, well, duh, it took you long enough to figure that out, because they, they know us, and, and they know us, and they recognize these things. And, and so that, that is a bit challenging, but here's the reasons why... I think it's particularly hard to do this because, first of all, it takes a certain amount of humility. And, and for us to go up to someone and say, listen, I know that I'm out of balance in this area of my life and I, I really want to change it and I want to get this thing in, ba- in balance. Well, that, that's hard to do because it, it eats away at our, our pride. And, and honestly, I would say that if, if you struggle with that and if you feel like, man, I, I don't think I could do that, I don't think I could tell somebody that I'm out of balance and I want to get this thing corrected, then I would probably challenge you and say that you, you're, probably you're actually dealing with a pride issue there. And the reason I know is because that's been my issue. And that's what I've had to deal with. And every time I've had to do this, I, it, it, it takes a little bite out of my pride, which actually is a good thing, uh, even though it doesn't feel like it. And, and we, we have to kind of deal with that. But here's the other reason that I think it's, it can be super challenging is because, because the people that, that know you 
And if you ask them and you say, listen, I need to find some balance in my life and I need you to help me with it, the problem is, is they are going to tell you when you are acting out of balance. And, and they're going to tell you these things. And so if I were to talk about you know, the area that I've been working on this summer, my work rest ratio, you know, I, I told my family that I need to find some balance and, and, I, need to, and I wanted their help with it. And, and here was the problem. Over and over and over again, I had my family saying, aren't you supposed to be resting? And, and I was trying to get stuff done. It's super annoying. Um, I'm kidding. They, I like it most of the time. And, and so when we recruit some help, it's going to help us to try to, to find balance. And so let me close by just proving to you that it doesn't matter how good of a Christian you are. We're all a work in progress. And I want to look at the life of, of, of Peter for a moment. And, you know, here he is, Peter. He's one of the apostles. He walked with Jesus. He was, he was in the upper room when the Holy Spirit came. He preached to thousands and thousands of people. And people got saved. And, and uh, you know, he wrote some of the books of the New Testament. We, he's, he's, he's got some things going for him. He's, he's got to be a, a, a pretty decent Christian at some level. And in Galatians uh, 2, verses 11 to 21, we see this interaction between Peter and Paul. And they were in Antioch, and when Peter arrived there, he had no problem eating with the uncircumcised Gentiles. And if you know your history, uh, that was a big issue in the, in the early church, and the question was around the fact that do, do the Gentiles, when they get saved, because they weren't circumcised when they were young, do they have to be circumcised? And, and there was a whole debate around it, and the, and the church leaders got together and decided, no, that actually doesn't matter. That's a temporal issue. It's not eternal. It doesn't matter. It's what's in your heart that matters. And so they as church leaders had decided that that actually was fine, that Gentiles did not have to get circumcised. And so Peter knew that. He was a part of the church leaders. He was a part of that discussion. And he's here with them in Antioch, and he's visiting, and he's eating with them. But then what happened is some other Christians who do have an issue with that whole, that whole thing and feel like no Gentiles do need to be circumcised, they arrived as well. And Peter started to change, and he no longer was willing to eat with those people. And not only did he stop eating with them, but other people started following his example. And Paul watched this happening and, and, and needed to deal with it, and so he, he publicly corrected them. And he said, Peter, what are you doing? This is wrong. You know better than this. And, and he corrected them. And, and here, of course, is, is, is the problem. We see Peter here acting out of his temporal. He was concerned about what people thought. He was concerned about these situations and what people thought, and he wasn't thinking about the eternal. He wasn't thinking about, the, at the end of the day, this didn't matter. And he got focused on it and had to be corrected. And if Peter is capable of falling into this, then so are we, each and every one of us. And we all have a tendency to be out of balance in our life, to focus on, on this earth, to focus on this life, and, and we forget the fact that these things are temporal. temporal. Now, I want to bring you back to that image. I'm going to get that image back up on the, on the screen here of the scale. And I want you to put your life on that screen in, in a mo- for a moment here and, and look at your life and the things that you spend your energy on, the things that you spend your time on. And, and when you evaluate how much of it you spend on this life and how much of it you spend on eternity, on eternity things, then where does your scale add up for you? And, and the question that I want to leave you with as we, as we close the service today is that scale is, is your life. And you can, you can do something about that. 
And, and you can make a choice. And, and like I said, there are three ways that, that I think there are probably other ways as well. If you make a choice to do the opposite, if you make a choice to overextend, and if you make a choice to recruit some help, you actually can bring more balance into your life. And you can actually bring this into balance and you can find that God will use you more and more and you will get your focus and balance in proper perspective. Let's stand together. Now, before we dismiss, uh, I do want to give, I want to give people an opportunity to actually get their eternity in order. Because in a, in a room this size, there, there's likely people that currently don't have a relationship with God. And if you were to die today, you don't know what your eternity would look like. And, and, but, but God would want you to have a, an assurance of the fact that you can have an eternity with him. And that this life is temporal and it doesn't last forever. But there is a whole eternity that God has for you planned. And he's just waiting for you to choose to accept his gift. And so what we're going to do is we're all going to bow our heads and, and close our eyes with no one looking around. And I want to give you an opportunity, if that's where you're at, and if you do not have a relationship with God right now, but you want to change it, I'm just going to ask you to slip up your hand, and once I see it, you can put it down again. Anybody today that you'd say, you know what, that's where I'm at. I need to make a decision for Christ and, and start to follow. And just slip up your hand, and as soon as I see it, you can put it down again. Okay, I see your hands, uh, both of those hands at the back. Anybody else where you want to make a choice today and do this? So here's, here's what we're going to do is we're going to say a prayer together and it's a prayer inviting uh, Jesus into our lives and I'm just going to ask everyone to say it with me and, and so uh, here, let's pray. Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and that I'm far from you but I want to change that today. I ask you to forgive my sins and to come into my life. Today I choose you. I make you my Lord and my Savior because you chose me first. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Thanks for joining us. We want to help you know God, live free, and find purpose. To find resources to grow in your relationship with Christ, go to churchoftherock.ca slash next. You can also join us at one of our campuses, including our interactive online campus at churchoftherock.live. For locations, service times, or to support the ministry of Church of the Rock, please go to churchoftherock.ca or download the Church of the Rock app.